Yeah. Well, what the council should know <laughs> is that we're rolling. Is that this used to be done very well, and it no longer is, Thank and that's you. a great disappointment to me. It's a great disappointment. You two apparently are incapable of it. Your kid ran the thing like a tight water, a watertight yeah, she ship. She did. I want to point out by you two, he means Chris and Rook, not me. Yeah. Right, John, you got nothing to do with him. <laughs> that's right. And she's too busy now for me to even think about she recruiting can't. her. Yeah, I know. Can't wait Where's to Chris see you all tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to know, Council. I mean, I'm you know I'm stranded. What are you going to well, do? Well, now we're rolling, so everyone can hear us. Rattleone's Hardware and Garden Stores brings your Garage Logic Podcast number one thousand one hundred and thirty-seven, August twenty-third, twenty twenty-three. Ninety-seven degrees on this day in nineteen forty-eight. More on that in a moment. Excuse me. Perfect health. 42 degrees on this day in 1891. The swimming season, of course, is well underway. It's going to continue with this beautiful summer weather. There's still time to use Aquaside products to keep your swimming beach free of weeds and algae and unwanted vegetation and all the stuff that's freaking out the kids. Aquaside products have been keeping beaches free of weeds for more than 60 years. The products are made at White Bear Lake. They work quickly. They're easy to use. They've been approved by all of the people who approve such things. So get your phone, walk down to the beach, call Aquaside and describe what you're looking at. They'll get you the right products, and your beach will look great the rest of the summer. And the way we're going, it's going to be a beautiful, long summer. 1-800-328-9350 or Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Well, that hail of flashlights came last that one day. With Chris <laughs> Rebert, Manning Technology That lasted one day. Kenny Olson. Hey, but we got it down. Shop. We're good. John Hyde in the newsroom. And, of course, the rookie. Hi. Here is your Hi. flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. Hail the flashlight king. Huh? Hail you! It's the wrong spot. <laughs> Started out with a bang. Definitely put in the wrong spot. That 97, uh, excuse me, I'm looking at something. The uh, The record uh, today uh, was 97 in 1948. Yesterday, apparently, we reached 98. Let me look at something. Okay, and it felt like... Oh, I'm just going to mention... Uh, uh, it's a a point of minutia. It felt like 105, I think it was, the last time I looked. Well, first of all, the, the feel-like temperature is, is a, made up. Okay. That's like windshield. Okay. It just it wasn't enough to say it's 95. We have to say what that feels like. Got it. But yesterday, John, do you have a means to look up record temperatures? Uh, well, sure, it's online, isn't it? I don't know. Today's what? 98. I had yesterday as 1898. Is that correct? I thought it was 1988. No. Yesterday. It it was because I looked in newspapers.com. What was it yesterday? 1988? 1988, yes. 1988 yep. It was 97. And the, the weather people who are really, really on board with selling this, uh, they didn't tell you when the... The previous record was, and it's only one degree. Now, today, for example, if we hit 98, they'll say we broke a new record, which would be true. But will they tell us that it was 97 on this day in 1948? No. Okay. 
I, is that is that important? To mm, some. Probably not. Um, probably but not. But if we're going to be consistent with since when, yes, it is important. But the one thing that you, you do notice is that it's everywhere when it's when it's the weather. It doesn't matter what outlet you're watching. It doesn't matter. I think what. weather has become the country's dominating news. I think you're right. Yeah, and it it and it doesn't make any difference what season you're in, if, unless if, you're doing an ad. If David right. Muir can find a thunderstorm <laughs> in October, that's going to lead the news. They're they are really on board with selling this program. Mm-hmm. The program being a complete revision of uh, money, life, freedom, whatever. It has nothing to do with the environment. And the other thing, too, is that in uh, I watched last night, and without a hint of irony, without a hint of irony, the local public broadcast station, mm-hmm. Channel 2, yeah. had a uh, an hour-long documentary called The Fatal Flood. And somehow it also was a symposium on race. When public radio does anything, they manage to involve race. So the fatal flood started out talking about this successful family, the Percy family, in Greenville, I believe Alabama, or maybe Greenville, Louisiana. In any event, we had to learn a lot, including Percy's son was gay. We had to get that in there. And this is all, I'm waiting. Where's the flood? What about the flood? (laughs) Well, finally the flood came, and it was devastating. It was, the Delta flooded the width of five states. Oh, boy. Now, get this. That was 1926. Okay. Without a hint of irony, it just was presented as fact. This was 19, which is great. It was fact. But you would think that it, it might have occurred to someone uh, in the production end of things that you how foolish you sound when you're preaching on a daily basis about these current catastrophes when one of the most significant catastrophes in American flooding history was in April of 1926. Right. Uh, these sense wins are terribly important for the pushback effort. Mm. You must know these. Sense when 1926, one hell of a flood. I mean, I mean, why? Flood. Why don't they cite that? It was so hot today. How, how, how hot was, was it? Is it? I was use it? the air conditioning in my car. With the windows down? Uh, I, I even rolled them up. Okay. And that's a, twice a year I use my air conditioning. I don't like car air conditioning. I want the windows down. I want my dog. I want my head hanging out the window like a dog. Okay. And you want your windows down and your system up. That's it. Just huh? like ludicrous. Whatever. Right. But it was so hot that uh-huh. I had my air conditioning on. Okay. And it works. It works fine. But I like, I don't like to have the air conditioning on. But tw- about twice a year, I get her on. What? Yep. The second I sit in my vehicle, that thing is on blast until my nipples can cut through my shirt. Right. The I, second I hop in the 04 Honda... Does the air conditioning work? No, I roll those suckers down so fast yeah. that uh, that's my that's my AC unit. 
I'm very happy uh, on the one hand because we get some new audio clips. On the other hand, I'm not terribly happy. But India has now become the fourth country to land on the moon. Why are they going to the moon? India Wednesday landed a spacecraft near the moon's south pole, an uncharted territory that scientists believe could hold vital reserves of frozen water and precious elements as the country cements its growing prowess in space and technology. Half the people in India still take a dump outside, yeah. but we landed near the south pole of the moon. I don't think that's my I would well take spent. care of the basics first. Let's go. A lander with a rover inside touched down on the lunar surface at 6.04 local time, sparking cheers and applause from the space scientists watching in the southern pole region and joins the U.S., the Soviet Union, and China in achieving a moon landing. Cute. Soft landing on the moon. India is on the moon. This was the moment the chief of the Indian Space Research Organization announced Chandrayaan-3 spacecraft's successful landing at the lunar south pole on Wednesday. The mission is seen as crucial to lunar exploration and India's standing as a space power days after a similar Russian lander crashed. Scientists and officials clapped, cheered and hugged each other as the spacecraft touched down. Prime Minister Narendra Modi waved the Indian flag as he watched the landing from the BRICS summit in South Africa, where he declared it a victory cry of a new India. This was India's second attempt to land a spacecraft to the moon. In 2019, ISRO's Chandrayaan-2 mission successfully deployed an orbiter, but its lander crashed. Rough terrain First, makes a South this. Pole landing. First of all, I didn't send you anything. Jordy might have sent an email. Oh, that, that's the one you're referring to. No, I uh, when Four, I texted three, you this morning, two, that was one. before I went through my email, and I realized India had successfully launched, and I, I urge you to get some... Some audio, plus one, because we we seem to have some fun with our Indian friends, with their accent. The countdown. And what you're what you're giving me is the probably a BBC newscast, as opposed to I want to hear a woman saying this is good for the community, you know, all kinds of things like that. But that I guess, British I voice, guess we didn't get that. She sounds like the uh, pushpin. Yes, she you did. are yeah, incomplete. She did, yeah. She really she did. did. There was an audio separated at birth. Mm-hmm. Now for a deeper analysis of the mission, we're being joined by Dr. Malcolm Davis, who's a senior analyst in defense strategy and capability at Australian Strategic Policy Institute. Sir, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's my pleasure. Okay, now, sir, stop. just to begin with. He, he's Australian. Maybe he's doing a bit. Hey, maybe he's doing a bit. He, he's Australian. Uh-huh. Do you have... Uh, Let's keep going. Let's try another you, one. Do you have <laughs> What time are we going to the fair tomorrow? Well, Two. you know, one. we've had many, much fun over the years with our Indian friends and their excitement. Yes. And uh, situation normal, you know, things like that. And so far, you've given me a British gal doing the news and an Australian a doctor of some sort, and I, I just didn't think I gave you that tough of an assignment when I said early this morning, yeah. uh, please find uh, audio of the successful Indian moon landing. Mm. Who do you who do you got now? Here we go. Uh, see what he's got now. Let I, me see. Uh, kind of I do remember about, that launch. I was excited about I the I do whole remember thing. the launch years ago. Three, two, one. Yeah, this one. Zero. <laughs> 
one. Yes. 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 That's the old There are about 25 people in my room and everybody was just lying still, lying under tables, lying under furniture. See, there's that one. Uh -huh. <laughs> Um, I like the fact that in that original one, they yes. had to repeat each other to tell them it has lifted off. Right. Like they just sitting next to each other, it has lifted off. It has lifted off. <laughs> it has lifted off. It's just like dominoes <laughs> falling down on a. That's right. Can can I be the, the, the sour puss? Get, sour puss it up. BFD, you got to the moon. How? You get to the moon, right? I, it's been done. No, no uh, I think Joe's comment is spot on. Let's take care of the they, plumbing problem. It's a country that that uh, God bless them. I'm I'm glad they have. They're very smart people. Uh, most of the doctors we go to in this country are Indian. Uh, they're 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 very bright uh, people who wish to achieve and compete and get ahead and 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 they got to the moon. But they have a problem just with sanitary conditions, right? Uh, all over the country. That's a priority, you're saying. And I'm saying, okay. you know, if I'm running India, right. I'm going to say, boys, I'm glad you're ready to go to the moon, but we got to take care of the of the uh, the outhouses first. Yep. We got to yep. get some sanitary situations That's going here with. and some treatment, and uh, let's clean that everything yeah, up. No, I would go with that first. Yes. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is this is the equivalent of. Who, what was the guy's name that called in to start his boat that was a year and a half Bruce. old? That's what this is. Bruce. Well, Be the deal is, Chris, it's the south side of the moon. And like Joe said at the beginning, uh, they believe it may have, uh, what, Joe, water? Uh, water and precious elements. Yeah. Plus, they've and, never successfully landed on the moon. Uh -huh. Yeah. And they're the tried. second. Having said this, they're the second country that tried this week. But Russia yeah. failed miserably as their spacecraft crashed into pieces on the moon so yeah and the guy who was in charge of the program has, has he already fallen out of a window yet or uh, he, he hasn't yet but he, he made some comments that made me makes me believe he'll fall down some steps or out a window he'll, he'll be soon. going out a window pretty quick the russian yeah. was shot down by a, a ukrainian drone i believe right wasn't that the, <laughs> no. no okay no, no on it crashed the on the moon i see i'm being very <laughs> serious the guy in charge you might look this up john he's already been Sent to a hospital. Oh, which, yeah. Well, which I is just a bad some, sign. I saw some quotes from no, him Because he's going out the window head first any moment now. Because that's the way these these people deal with uh, each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. He did do an interview with Russia 24 State Television. That was his, RTV. Believe me, that was his last one. <laughs> this guy is not long for the world. That's just the way they handle their critics over there, over there in commie land. Commie land. Right. Say, I've, uh, I've told you before that my buddy, Scott Mueller, you know, his family owns my drum set that I bought new back in the late 60s. Really? Yeah, and time went by. I got kicked out of the band. Things move on. I know Alan wanted, Connie bought it? Uh, what, the, some of the kids have it. Oh, okay. So I texted Scott and said, could you inquire about that? And they're still using them. Uh, one of the uh, Todd and his kids still use them. Durable set. So if they ever come up for sale, I'll be I'll have right of first refusal. Okay. But this is how well I know the Mueller family of Mueller Memorial Renowned. They've been serving families in tough situations for more than 75 years and three generations. 
Scott Mueller takes care of the difficult details, but in a way that allows you to spend time with your family and relax. This isn't as frightening as you think it is once you get to know how it all works. And Mueller is there to help you with that. And he turns it, he can turn the event into an honor or an honoring of the loved one, of a life well-lived. Uh, I'm not advocating everybody get hammered, but if the situation called for it, there's even a bar at the White Bear Lake location, mm-hmm. probably the first in the nation. Uh, but this isn't fun, and uh, Mueller knows that. But once you understand it, it's not overwhelming. It does not have to be over- Place yourself in Scott Mueller's care and you will not regret it. It will be a celebration of a life well lived. And you can find out much more at MuellerMemorial.com. All right. Hey, GLers. We've got a special treat for you today. Uh, we're talking a little bit of pizza today. Carboni's Pizza, great sponsor to the Garage Logic, and they're sponsoring these beautiful bags out at the Minnesota State Fair. And Bill Everhart here, he owns uh, one of the uh, Invergrove Heights Carbonis, and we also want to make sure that you guys stop by the Egan Carbonis and the original Carbonis that's on 7th Street in St. Paul. Bill, good afternoon. Uh, thank you for inviting me here. It's such an honor to be in What's your presence. What's the Carbonis in Highland? <laughs> Uh, six, the one on Randolph. Yeah. That was uh, Johnny. John, I don't know his last name. Is that Bill's too? No, but that's uh, one of the one of the originals with the Seventh Street Carbonis. He was he was way back. That was, was a block from my house. I so I've grown that. I've grown up on Carbonis, and you're about two blocks away from my house. You're in Invergrove Heights, but I'm in South St. Paul. Uh, quick question for you: Have you ever listened to Garage Logic? Oh boy, for, from from the beginning, I guess from '93. Okay, April of 93. Tom Carboni Sr., the patriarch of Carboni's, was, was quite a fan of Joe when he began. Oh, quite okay. I, I didn't know that pizza and garage logic, I know they go well together, but well, I didn't Carboni's know this. Carboni's is the only kind I ever have. That's good. Yeah. You brought some pies over today, and uh, I don't just want to sit and talk about pizza, because I know you want to talk about garage logic, but what's the one you brought me? The, the, the meat lovers? It, uh, it's our meat, so pizza, and it is a meat lovers. It's sausage, pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and breakfast bacon. and Breakfast and bacon you- on a pizza? I don't think you can go wrong. They wrap it on a $70 steak. So Okay, that sounds good to me. Uh, we're celebrating our 30-year anniversary of Garage Logic, and you've been with us for all the three decades. Give me one of your favorite highlights. Oh, well, there has to, there has to be three, and uh, it, it would be uh, you, Rook, when, uh, when you had your lawn sale. Okay, Joe's a drunk 20. rookie calls in. Okay, after getting <laughs> and that fired, has to be a reoccurring, uh, a reoccurring Brit with you guys. But uh, Joe's twenty six honks with the baby diaper and okay, Maury. Yep, yep, on Maury. That was a good one. That's classic. And uh, boy, just just everything that the show entails. I mean, you guys, you guys have been such a standard in the city. I, I I can't believe that the minds haven't been changed over the years with you guys. Well, what's great about it is that we have loyal garage logicians. You're too kind, Billy. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he wants to stay, I think. He wants to stay around for the actual podcast. No, we appreciate that compliment, but it's people like you that have made Garage Logic such a great show and such a great draw for uh, garage logicians that listen in every single day, whether we were on AM and then to the podcast, which really has transferred over. An old codger like you knows how to podcast. 
Give me your phone and hit play, right? That's all you got to do. I can answer it. I can call on it. I can text and I can get the podcast. Excellent. Well, if you can do it, everybody else can do it. And that brings me to uh, remind you, Garage Edition, to support Carbonis. They love to support our, of all of our advertisers. And just a quick reminder, we've got the Carbonis in Invergrove Heights, the Carbonis in Egan, and the uh, Carbonis on 7th Street, which is the original. First store built in 1954. How long have you been with Carbonis? Oh, boy. I've been uh, 35 years when I bought the original one, my original store in Maplewood Carbo- uh, the Maplewood Carbonis. Okay. That's the one where I delivered to KSTP and, uh, and Joe, and he made such an impression on me. <laughs> and I'm sure he was right at the pizza line for lunch. Well, it's funny because you did bring several other pies, and I went over to the sales office and announced that, and I heard a lot of, oh, Carbonis. So I, expect, I, don't, I don't expect there to be much when we go back there after this. To be honest, I don't either, but you're very kind. All right. Well, thank you for your uh, uh, wonderful, wonderful patronage on Garage Logic, and we will send the masses out to go get a pie at Carboni's, Invergrove Heights, Egan, and the 7th Street location with uh, Mr. Carboni's original. Awesome. And Joe, for another 20 years. Hey, here you oh, go. 20. No way. Not 20. Another no, 20. 25. No. Yeah, right. He wants 25. Why'd you stop at 20? Well, Bill Elverhart was our guest here on this special edition of the Garage Logic podcast. We wish you well, and we'll see you at the fair. Is that his cylinder index or his golf score? Either way, it's a big number. Here's Joe Suchere. Actually, here's his bottle of water, courtesy of Hofferman Water and Connecticut. It's the best drinking water you will ever have. And it can be yours if you decided to make the switch. I did a couple of years ago, and I'm so glad that I did. And I know that you will be happy if you decide to make the switch with your water treatment system. Here's the deal. If you're uh, looking for a new water softener, maybe an iron rust and odor filtration system, or a brand new drinking water system, then the good people at Hofferman Water and Connecticut are going to take care of you. So get on the schedule. Call them today for the free water analysis at 952 952- 894-4040. You can also visit them online at HoffermanWater.com. I had my system installed years ago, and it's made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. 952-894-4040 or HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please do us a favor and mention that you heard about them here on the Garage Logic podcast. I have some items that will help us tidy up things that have come up just this week okay. in the past two days. I got a fascinating note from Bill Stein and Aiken. You'll recall yesterday we came across the idea that in Oregon, in order to have equitable grading, there's no longer punishing of cheating or uh, uh, any consequences for work turned in late or what have you. Do you all recall yep. that? Yes. Uh-huh. On yesterday's show, you talked about equitable grading. This is this is amazing, and it makes me realize maybe there is nothing new in the world. Is this when you can't get the zero or that's the new that's grade? The new, okay. yeah. yeah. 71 years ago, C.S. Lewis, and if you've not read C.S. Lewis, I guess I'm talking to John, not you. Uh, read him. It's Shots just fired. wonderful. That was a little shot, wasn't that's it? That's okay. Yeah. Well, I reavers to it. I got re- used to it. 71 years ago, C.S. Lewis wrote the following prescient text in his Screw Tape Proposes a Toast article in the Saturday Evening Post. Screw Tape, as you may recall, is an old demon who was corresponding with his young student, Wormwood, in the brilliant book, 
the screw tape letters. Okay. The basic principle of the new education is to be that dunces and idlers must not be made to feel inferior to intelligent and industrious pupils. That would be undemocratic. These differences among the pupils, for they are odiously and nakedly individual differences, must be disguised. This can be done on various levels. At universities, examinations must be framed so that nearly all the students get good marks. Entrance examinations must be framed so that nearly all citizens can go to universities, whether they have any power or wish to profit by a higher education or not. At school, the children who are too stupid or lazy to learn languages and mathematics and elementary science can be set to doing the things that children used to do in their spare time. Let them, for example, make mud pies and call it modeling. But at all the time, there must be no faintest hint that they are inferior to the children who are at work. Whatever nonsense they are engaged in must have, I believe, the English already used the phrase, parody of esteem. An even more drastic scheme is not impossible. Children who are fit to proceed to a higher class may be artificially kept back because the others would get a trauma. Beelzebub, what a useful word, just by being left behind. The bright pupils thus remain democratically fettered to his own age group throughout his school career, and a boy who would be capable of tacking, tackling Ashless or Dante sits listening to his Koval's attempts to spell out a cat sat on a mat. That's astonishing. Mm. What was at work in society in 1950 that C.S. Lewis could be this prophetic? Mother of God. That's a that's, that's a exactly, that's a really good question. That's exactly what is happening today and has been in the failed academy for 15 10 15 years. What was happening in 1950, 1949, 1951 that compelled CS Lewis to write a paragraph that might as well have been written today? I'm trying to we think. we tend well, to think of of those times as not being the failed academy, we, right. we certainly think of those times as being uh, disciplined and uh, consequences for your actions and knowledge between right and wrong, and that's amazing. Yeah. I haven't read Screw Tape in a hundred years, but this makes me want to. But I don't know if I pronounce Ashless right. A e s c h y l u s. What is it? A E S C H Y L U S. The uh, smart kids could be tackling Ashless or Dante, but they wait while the other kids do a cat sat on a mat. Ashless was an ancient Greek uh, tragedian. Mm -hmm. And is often described as the father of tragedy. Academic knowledge of the genre begins with his work and understanding of earlier Greek. This is 526 BC. There's not a chance <clears throat> in hell in today's failed academy any kid is going to be exposed to that, <laughs> especially in Portland. Um, but y your question is mind boggling to me. He, what did he see? He sensed in 1950 that the differences among pupils must be disguised. Well, that's what we're doing. That's all equity is, is a phony dis uh, disguise. 
Examinations must be framed so that all kids get good marks. That's what's happening now. Entrance examinations must be framed so that everybody gets in. That's what we're doing now. This is this is amazing. And and if the kids are too stupid or too lazy to learn uh, math and language, they'll get the same grade for building a mud pie. I'm trying to answer your what the hell? I'm, I'm trying to answer your initial question. What would have been a typical theme of a C.S. Lewis book? Meaning, you know, you asked what, what would what would have caused him to be this prophetic? Well, he was he was uh, cynical about life, and he uh, was a real a proponent of Catholicism of all things. And uh, I, I maybe he just saw. Uh, so maybe it was some type of general assumption. Is that what he, you're trying maybe to get? He at? just saw a lightning of expectations uh, to the point where it, it he was able to pull this off. But that's amazing to me. That's just amazing. But here's the real key. Let them, for example, make mud pies and call it modeling. That's that's what you'd get today. Yeah. Oh, that's a wonderful statue you just made, Nancy. Ding, ding. And it's a bunch of, you know, ding, ding. It's a mud pie. <laughs> Ashleus, his father, Euphorian. Really? I'm not kidding. E-U-P-H-O-R-O-I-N. Wow. R-I-O-N. Uh, I'm not getting more, but I just saw that was odd. He was a playwright. All right. C.S. Lewis wrote the screw tape letters to hold a mirror to his society and expose how subtly one can fall into a life of pride, bitterness, and isolation. The author's conversion to Christianity and his radio broadcast about faith during World War II strongly influenced the story, and he apparently wrote it during World War II and released it a few years later. What did he see, John? Yeah, good question. Holy mackerel. Because if he saw it then, we're really pushing a rock uphill. Well, that's, I guess, the we're part. Sisyphus. The, the part that, it, I guess, astonishes me is the fact that it's just coming to light now if it's been around this long. Because so well, many people it's today. Been around, and I mean, Joe obviously knew about it. And, well, I guess know. my point being that you know how many references you're seeing to 1984 by Orson Welles mm-hmm. in the last however many years Ors- it's been. Orson Welles. Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm operating <laughs> on very little sleep. Just bear with me. I've been getting yelled at was, all day. No, I think it was H.L. Mencken. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, wait, that wouldn't wait be it. Wait a minute. It was, I think uh, it was Orwell. You guys, you guys know what I'm saying. Yes. Sorry. But yes. but I guess my, my I don't even know what my point is now. Thanks. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's stick with the schools because I have an observation. We were noting Jesus. that as Mysterian ideology infects all aspects of life, then we we went to law enforcement to look at that. That Mysterian ideology infects law enforcement to the point where they're they're watched like hawks in the event that they somehow defy Mysterian expectations. Mm-hmm. For example, in this state, school resource officers are their heads are spinning. Because they don't know what they're allowed or not allowed to do anymore. They, they literally cannot physically grasp a student who was in the act of maybe beating up another student. Well, now we learn that uh, Keith Ellison, uh, who is a Mysterian, mm-hmm. has issued a clarification on a new state law that limits school resource officers from using 
restraints. At issue was an amendment to the law governing school discipline that prohibits the use of prone restraints and the use of compression restraints on the head, back, and across most of the torso. That's according to the Minnesota Chiefs of Police Association. The law drew criticism from some law enforcement groups, which argued that restraints are sometimes necessary to keep students and staff members safe from people who are acting erratic or violent. Okay, I I I, I buy that. That's that they're they're telling you the truth. Got it. Sometimes we need to grab the guy, mm-hmm. you know, around the torso. Uh. <clears throat> In a legal opinion, Ellison said the use of reasonable force is still allowed by school employees and law enforcement to prevent bodily harm or death. The new law does not change the definition of reasonable force, Ellison wrote. Safety is essential for learning, and everyone in our schools, students, teachers, staff, administrators, SROs, and families, wants to be safe and feel safe, Ellison said. The aims of the new amendments to our school discipline laws are worthy. I issue this opinion upon Education Commissioner Willie Jett's request because it is important to provide clarity about the amendment's scope. Uh, I would submit that Ellison has not provided clarity. And the reason I bring this up is that I wouldn't blame a school resource officer for still being terribly confused because right. I don't trust Ellison. Mm-hmm. Ellison will conveniently lie. And if some resource officer gets into a, a fight with a kid at Lake Elmo and it turns out the kid's parents say, hey, that cop put, put his arms around my kid's upper shoulder and had a piece of his neck as he pulled him away from the fight. Ellison would, <coughs> Ellison will throw the resource oh, officer yep. under the bus. Yep. I have no doubt that Ellison will throw cops under the bus. Of course. Not a doubt in my mind. So Ellison, to me, has not qualified anything because who's going to determine reasonable force? If it's left to Ellison, it can never be reasonable force. Right. Unless it fits an agenda. Right. And, and if you're a cop in the hallway and some kid's getting bloodied and is at the risk of a, con- a concussion in the next two minutes and you intervene and get in there and you use force, grab the kid around the neck and drag him back and get him off the kid he's beating, mm-hmm. that you'll you'll suffer for that. Ellison will call that reasonable, not reasonable force. And, and to which the re- resource officer would say, well, then what is? And all Ellison will have is, well, that isn't. Right. I don't trust Ellison as far as I can throw him. No one in this state should. No one. Well, but what? How many millions of people reelected yes. him? Yes, he's been elected. He's your attorney general, but I don't buy a word he says. He's he's not a guy. He just ain't one of the guys. Speaking of Ellison, uh, the the person that took his spot, you see, she's uh, she's making news. Uh, Ilhan was, Omar. Oh, and in fact, this might even be an update. Well, she went to the World Cup on Qatar's dime. Oh, she did. The country of Qatar picked up her tab, and I'm I'm. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. 
Shia. I'm looking for a reason to be upset. I really don't give a bleep that she went to Qatar. But, but the uh, more she's out of the country, the less harm she could do to this country. <laughs> she announced uh, that uh, she's looking for donations for her re-election campaign. Yeah. And someone retweeted and said, oh, that magical time where she pretends that she cares about <laughs> district. You know, district. when we had the uh, town council members at the ball game on a Friday night about a month ago? July 22nd. Uh, Walking back to the parking ramp, I passed Ilhan Omar's Minneapolis office. Really? Little Baron? Yeah, it's nothing. It's it's in a brick warehouse uh, with a sign on the door that says Ilhan Omar's Minneapolis office or whatever. It wasn't bustling with activity? No, it was, well, it was a... Wasn't that a Friday night? I'm sure they would have been closed, but uh, it, it didn't look it didn't look impressive. But maybe the ray of hope is she's not spending a lot of my money huh. <laughs> for uh, for a nice office, a nice suite. Okay, you know, is there? That, but where's the how many how many staff members do you think you could fit in there? Uh, I didn't see the inside. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just saw the location. Let's leave the school resource officers uh, on this note. I believe they still legitimately and justifiably must keep inquiring of Ellison about what he means on the use of reasonable force. John, real quickly, mm-hmm. just look up the state definition of reasonable force. Okay. The law does not change the definition of reasonable force, Ellison wrote. But I don't trust you, Keith. You, you throw a cop under the bus. In a heartbeat. So we really, the coppers who are really wrestling with this, they need to know what the hell he means by reasonable force. It is too open. In Minnesota, self-defense law, uh, laws allow individuals to use force. The definition of reasonable force, you have the right to use reasonable force to defend yourself or others from imminent harm or to prevent the commission of a felony. Reasonable force refers to using an appropriate level of force that is proportionate to the threat you are facing. So it doesn't really say much, does it? Well, and Ellison has a history of not believing the police. So if the copper said, I did what I had to do, what's to prevent Ellison or Walls from saying you went too far? What's to prevent him from that? Nothing. That's what they'll say, too. So parents, you want your kids safe... The teachers want to be safe. There are a lot of bad actors in the schools. Are you prepared to defend the behavior of school resource officers? And that's the problem. We heard about I'm not saying they should draw their weapons. But that's the problem. We heard about this from so many people when when you know we we started talking about the defund the police movement. The vast majority of people want law enforcement's presence. But, but but people like Keith Ellison want to speak for everybody when that do, he doesn't represent the vast majority of people in both the schools and in public. Well, the St. Paul School Board, which is populated by activists who are not bright, not wise, and have no credibility, uh, among them is the woman who fired up the phony racial deal at the Chinese the at the Japanese yep. restaurant. That fraud is on the school board. Uh, they voted to not have school resource officers because they were sending a signal that they weren't approving of police. Didn't well, we just have a murder? The school board. Didn't it's, we just have a murder in the St. Paul school? Uh, this winter we did in Harding. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Why don't we come back with Johnny Haidt? Okay. When I tell you this, though, when I tell you this, 
when I tell you this. Yeah. What are you going to tell me? I got a garage door guy. All right. Precision door. Precision garage door of the Twin Cities. It's a garage logic family. So you need a guy. With these people, you inherit a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. You get all the guys. But you need a garage door guy. I think, it, you know, you need a guy around the house. You might need a water guy. You know, you need a... Uh, trash guy. You might need a trash guy. You need a painting guy. Pizza guy. You need a pizza guy. Bill. Bill from Carboni. Yeah, you, need, you, need guy, you need a garage door guy. Precision garage door of the Twin Cities. They're available 24-7. They don't charge extra for weekend visits. They serve the metro and western Wisconsin, and they do it all uh, from the uh, rollers and springs to the to an actual new door if you need one. They're the people you should call, and they do it correctly. They do it the first time. They know you're busy and they're busy, so they fix garage doors correctly the first time. Precision garage door of the Twin Cities. You can find them and get your help online at precisiondoormn.com. Since 1985, Air Mechanical has served the Twin Cities for their heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical needs. They can also help you with drain cleaning, duct cleaning, and indoor air quality, serving the entire metro area. From general maintenance to full install, they got you. Furnace installs, boilers, heat pumps, garage heaters, and more, Air Mechanical employs top-trained tradespeople in the state of Minnesota. They operate with full integrity. They do things the right way, not the easy way. And their Total Solutions membership is like having Air Mechanical on retainer. Keep all of your home maintenance needs in one comprehensive membership. Select one tune-up a year and enjoy benefits like discounted maintenance, repairs, service, and equipment costs. Catch problems before they arise and keep your home's mechanicals running smoothly. We'd love it if you gave Air Mechanical a shout-out for any heating, cooling, plumbing, or electrical needs. Call or book online at thinkami.com. That's thinkami.com. Truth, justice, and the suture. Very very charitable music. <laughs> Speaking of charities, something you may not know is that Minnesota Masonic Charities operates a lovely senior care campus in South Bloomington. Families choose the Minnesota Masonic home for their loved ones because of the exceptional care and living options, but they rave over the beautiful 88-acre campus, which happens to be where the legendary, iconic racehorse Dan Ooh, Patch trained. No, no, sorry, oh, I don't sorry. care that you're doing Even that. Even to charity, you still... That's where Dan Patch trained. They they love also the other amenities, including a town square, on-site beauticians, manicure and massage therapy services, and any number of engaging activities. The Minnesota Masonic Home offers the full continuum of care from independent living to memory care. Their assisted living apartments provide those with yes, challenging, uh, changing health care needs, both Hello. privacy and peace of mind. Yeah. While res- <laughs> I think he's calling Minnesota Masonic Charities. Yes. <laughs> while residents who require ongoing Hello. medical attention... And skilled nursing care are welcome to enjoy the personalized attention and services of the home. Or perhaps you're healing from orthopedic or cardiac events, require rehab for stroke or surgery, like this guy across from me. Their transitional (laughs) unit, care unit, is one of the best, and that is no joke. Rated as the number one senior care facility in the entire state of Minnesota by Newsweek Magazine. Please, and this is serious, please consider the Masonic home for your senior care needs. Go online to mnmasoniccharities.org. Here's John. Please hold on. 
Please hold while yes. uh, Joe Sushere is, Can is on hold, the phone. We'll play a little transition music. Can you hold, please? I think what we'll do too is um, when he comes back in the room, yeah, you'll have to just pretend like you've still been doing the same ad for the entire duration <laughs> that's true. of this phone that's call true. because that's typically what we do. I um, am a lineman for the county. <laughs> Don't make fun of that song, Rook. You know how angry that makes me. I know, I know. Greatest songs ever. It is a good song. Written by Jim Webb, incidentally. Okay, I'll, I'll just start. The Wichita lineman. And here's our newsman, Johnny Height. Thank you, Mr. Mikulski. Yes, sir. Minnesota Governor uh, Joe did my first story, so I'm just going to skip that one. We'll move right along here. Minnesota Governor Tim Walz has announced his selection for the role of Chief Justice on the Minnesota Supreme Court. Early this morning, Walz's office announced he's appointed Justice Natalie Hudson to the position, adding Carl Procaccini to serve as an associate justice, filling the vacancy that would be left by Hudson. Hudson, who will become the first person of color to serve as Chief Justice of the state's high court. Well, that's not true. Huh? Wasn't Alan Page Chief Justice? Uh, I think he was just a justice. I'll I'll verify that. I think he was the Chief Justice. Wasn't he just? Uh, maybe they meant first woman of color. How's All right, that? let me look it up, Johnny. To serve as Chief Justice of the state's High Court, uh, will replace current Chief Justice Lori Gildea, who is vacating the position. Gildea was appointed to the state Supreme Court in 2006 as an Associate Justice, and in July of 2010, appointed Chief Justice. He was, was he a, just a justice? He was an Associate. Yes, he was. Okay, yes. never mind then. I stand corrected. Maybe Joe's arranging some guests for the fair. Maybe maybe, maybe that's, that's what it was. On. So yeah. we can find out more online at minnesotamasoniccharities.org? Dot org, yes. Got it. What? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Is Johnny doing the news? Yes. All right. Uh, you got all those uh, guests lined up for the fair there, Joe, with that phone call? John, can I can I add something? Right to the be, chase. Before it's, you resume? It's or your have you show. Started yet? Thing, have you started I, the news? I started. It's your show, though, Joe. You go right ahead. I mentioned the other day that the uh, director of water in uh, Maui got fired. He did not. He merely got moved to a different job. Okay. That is true. Uh, this is from uh, Eric who writes, I just listened to your 821 show and noticed in the segment where you discussed the water management problems that contributed to Hawaii's problem. You said the water director had been fired. Unfortunately, he was not fired. In the article that you read, you will note he was merely going to be reassigned into another job in the progressive bureaucracy that runs the state. There are no significant consequences for equity warriors in government today. He's right. He's right. The guy didn't get canned. No. He did he not move. get canned. Oh, no. God help us. All right, Johnny. Uh, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry has vetoed the ordinance that would set a minimum wage and additional protections for rideshare drivers in the city, but he did announce a new pledge from Uber. Fry's decision comes five days after the city council voted 7-5 to five to approve the measure. This move means the council will vote at its meeting on September 7th to try and override the veto with at least nine votes required to approve the ordinance. If it doesn't get the required support, it would be dead and the process would have to start over at a later time. Supporters of the measure denounced Fry's veto with council member Robin Wansley, one of the authors of the ordinance, saying the veto is an inexcusable betrayal of 
Minneapolis workers. The mayor's office added that although he vetoed the measure, Uber has committed to pay drivers in Minneapolis a rate that equates to at least minimum wage, with no driver making less than five bucks for any trip in the Minneapolis metro area. That commitment will start immediately. The company also told the mayor's office it'll work with Somali Community Resettlement Services to help any driver who wants to appeal a deactivation. I, I have a number of questions on this topic. Number one, it wasn't enough that when this was proposed and Governor Walsh shut it down, smartly, by the way, because Uber said, if you do this, we're, we're just going to cease operations in your market. But then the city says, well, no, 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 but it's going to work this time. Why is it the job of the Minneapolis City Council to be doing this? In other words, if an Uber driver isn't happy with their wage, what you do is you go find a job in which the wage you would make makes your life sufficient. But, but isn't uh, minimum wage laws in play here? And they, they would have a right to get involved. It's not minimum wage. What John mentioned was minimum fare. That's different. Is this for Uber and Lyft yes. or just Uber? It's okay. ride share. Okay. Yeah, it's right, sure. It it does concern uh, minimum wage, though, Chris, also. Uh, oh, it does. That's that's what started the whole deal, a minimum wage and additional protection. Okay, but then I'm going to go back to what I said earlier. Mm-hmm. If you're not happy with your wage, you find different employment. That should not be the job. No, no, no. That's that would not result in equity. You should you should oh, be I paid see. what you want for whatever you do. I see. Plus, I can tell you, if they go through with this and Uber and Lyft leave... DWIs will go skyrocket because that's all these 20-year-old kids do, 25-year-old kids, is they Uber everywhere so they don't But greater than that, though, this is it provides a service for people that, elderly, that just want to go get groceries. You know what? I, I, I predict it'll all work out. I predict the opposite. It oh. won't work out. Okay. Well, you know what I'm saying, though, Joe? Because Uber has already said... quickly on that one. I did. But Uber already said, you do this and we're gone. Right. Maybe did. You you guys know the Dots pretzel story, right? Sure. Not not really. Her name was Dot. She's North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, and I know it because uh, I'm a North Dakotan, and Dot developed all this in Velva, North Dakota, along with her husband, Ricky, uh, grew the brand of these zesty snacks well beyond North Dakota's borders. Beside their flagship operation at Velva, they also opened three other pretzel seasoning operations in Kansas and Arizona. It's pretzel Uh, season. Then (laughs) Hershey bought the company, uh, what, in 2020, I believe. Hershey's company now has decided to close the original Velva facility no. for producing Dodd's pretzels. <laughs> and Velva's a very tiny Velva. town. Velva. Oh, I don't like that That's name. a really bad name. For I a... do not like the name Velva. Is your name Velva? The closure will affect 27 employees who work in Dot's flagship facility. And uh, they learned about the closing this Tuesday, yesterday, but the plant will officially close down October 27th. The spokesperson for Hershey said, it's hard because there are people involved. We're concerned with the people first. We understand the importance of Dot's to the community. Did Dot stay in Velva and build the, you know, the 15,000 square in, foot house? Don't say in Velva. Did I don't know how big it was. It had 27 employees, but they... No, no, like John. I said, did Dot yeah. stay in Velva, and once she got bought out, did she build the mansion and... Oh, I see. I, I have no idea. Or... I, I really don't know. Velva's only... I think they maybe have a 1,000 people. Maybe. Where is Velva, John? It's... Uh, you know where mine is? I do. 
Go just a little north of Minot. North of Minot, you'll find Velva. Yeah, you'll find Velva. I've only been there a couple times. Are the pretzels that big of a deal? They're pretty oh, good. They're yeah. wonderful. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. The uh, mustard ones. Good. Did I ever tell you about the... Uh, Maybe we should have... Did you know there were mustard ones? I did, actually. Did you know... Did I ever tell you the story about uh, Minnesota's newest millionaire? And Is his, it a long story? His last Lyft ride? No. Matthew was a Lyft driver. Uh-huh. Uh, extra money for college. And one night... He, so No. One night he gets a call, and it's to uh, pick up a guy at a tobacco shop. He's closing up shop at about 9 o'clock. Yeah. So he goes there... And the guy comes out the back, and out come four guys out of nowhere. Yep. And they, the guy's trying to get in the car yep. as they're roughing him up. Right. They want his money. They want, they want the money. They want the cash. You think he's it was got a tobacco setup. money on him. Yep, it was a setup. And so Matthew, being smart enough, grabs his wallet, his keys, phone, opens the door, and they go, where do you think you're going? And he was in flip-flops, and he just went in full sprint mode. It was on the west side. Yeah. Over by uh, whatever El Burrito Mercado, and he went into a laundromat and basically hid in a you know oversized dryer, as thinking that. <laughs> and then he called the cops, and the cops came, and uh, blah blah blah. But Lyft never did a thing. Lyft never contacted him. He reported it, and they never. Well, did he go back and get his car? Uh, yeah, once the cops were there. We went and we went and picked him up and brought him back, and he got the car. And what vehicle was this? This was the GMC Terrain, which at about one hundred and ten thousand miles, right after I bought it from him, uh, it seized up. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Yep. Yeah. Well, they, that'll happen. Yep. Anyway, that was his last lift. Right. Those dryers are big. Well, he's having the last laugh. He got you know he landed on his feet as That's you say. Right. That's a great phrase. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I thought this is the local segment normally. I thought the end of this segment would be a good time to remind everybody Garage Logic will be recording live at the fair from noon to oh one thirty or two o'clock tomorrow, Friday next tomorrow, Monday. I think we'll be one thirty. One thirty, yeah. And uh Friday will be there then next Monday and Tuesday and next Thursday and Friday. This Friday to remind everybody, uh the wonderful Jeff Dayton will be performing. I just got a text message from Mr. Dayton. What he said, Dayton Hey Reeves, say? I'm in town. Sheesh, it's hot. Are we still good for Friday? Yeah. Yes, we are, good. Jeff, and nice. you're, you're welcome for the whole show. And I also you was informed that uh, he is performing this evening in Hastings. Where? It's, yes. I'll Sounds. look up at his website and find out. Yeah. Uh, um, also, also at, at the State Fair, Johnny, if I may interrupt, I apologize, but I'm still going to do it anyway. The 30th anniversary maps will be available. Really? And uh, you can buy that map right at the uh, shop around the corner, and proceeds uh, will, second stork will benefit from the sale what of about this me? Do I get anything? No, you uh, second stork took your money. Oh. You know, you're good. <laughs> also, uh, this Friday and the next Friday, uh, Dylan will be there also. Oh, to, uh, right. Guitars with us. That'll be fun. So Friday will basically be Jeff doing all his great songs while Dylan with you and, and Dylan. We'll, yeah, we'll help. just be we'll be noodling. Oh, will we'll that be, be fun? Be uh, and one other thing I'd like to point out, and Kenny's not here unfortunately, but he's Where come up with Where is Kenny, this. by the way? Where is he? Cool, um, give me five. I give him the give him the soul to the, the man, man with the <laughs> yellow beard. <laughs> yellow beard. He's at an auction. Apparently, yeah. That's that's the news. Uh, I hope here. he has heat stroke. Uh, Jeff <laughs> Dayton, August twenty fourth, and Hastings Levee Park Concert Series, oh, seven right to eight thirty, full right band. On the river, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good show. And yeah. that heat, that's okay. You're by water. Is there any way <laughs> Jeff could get his whole <laughs> math? <laughs> 
the sea. Uh, just hop in. No, I'm hot. Let's hop there's in. There's currents there. It's, yeah, it's, it's a, not it's really the right run. place to yeah, go okay. into the water. Yeah, big, big river. It's hot, it's big. It's That's okay. where the big garage it's okay sale. And it's near water. The big huh? garage sale is going to be all along the river. Yeah. Hop in, folks. Here comes the lineman from the county. All right. Thanks, Doogie. Good. That was straight Joey P. Oh, God. As I was saying hours ago, uh, Kenny came up with this little little thing to do uh, that I don't even know if you know about it yet, Joe, but uh, it's, I'd like to call it a bit, but it's much better than a bit that you'll be involved in and I'll be involved in. When is that, John? uh, Every day at the fair. Oh, every day. It'll give me a chance to sing little ditties. And and this is our last state fair for Garage Logic. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. It is as you say. Uh, do you know I had like 10 lines here and it's taken me five minutes to get through this whole Johnny, damn thing? Johnny, I interrupted you many times and I apologize for that. So anyway, the last. The uh, we're ready thing. for you, John. To I'm talk. trying to explain. Yeah. So I'll be singing just very short, tiny. Kenny wanted me to make sure they're just short, tiny songs, okay? Yeah. And I'm going to give you a quick example. All right. What that, what the, how that'll go. You All ready? Right, he's got a guitar. You ready? Yeah. It says, it's going to be like this. I'll sing songs at the fair. They'll be snappy, make you happy. I'll sing songs at the fair. That's it. See, it'll be just like that. Short. I love it. Short and sweet. And you're part of this bit, Joe, so you'll be in on it. So. All right. Very I, talented. I don't know what then one is. more addendum to this story, if you know, I can make it about 12 minutes long now. Uh, some folks always ask about Dylan's music. Yes. Uh, he now has a batch up that you can listen to or purchase, if you'd like, at Lost Gold. Dot bandcamp.com. I, I want it. Purchase. Yep. What 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 is what do you mean purchase? It's like a buck a song. Subscription based, like an iTunes. But you're also Down. telling me I can just listen to it if I want to. Uh I think uh, perhaps in thirty minutes or thirty second segments. Oh, I see. He writes really long songs. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be glad to buy some of those. And on I that love note, this stuff. This is stuff that he uh, this is the kind of stuff he really loves. So yeah. Yeah, we may not love it as much, but he loves it. All right. But let's uh, let's let's take a short break here. Is that all, all the news already? No, uh, we're just gonna go to break. <laughs> live fit, great rush. Oliver Anthony. You can you? I've play been that? selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away. Drag back home and drown my troubles away It's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Living in the new world With an whole soul These rich men know for rich men Not just miners on an island somewhere Lord, we got 
folks in the street ain't got nothing to eat and the whole beast milk and welfare Keep on kicking them down Lord, it's a damn shame What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is All it is Living in the new world With an old soul These rich men know the rich men And then I don't think you know, but I know that you do. Cause your dollar ain't shit, and it's taxed to no end. Cause the rich men, North the rich men. Okay, Richmond is Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And the rich men north of Richmond are the political class? Yes, sir. Yeah, Washington. Yeah. Washington, D.C.? Yep. All right. And that is who? That is Oliver Anthony. He's and basically he's, an overnight success story. We well, played a snippet, what, a couple of weeks ago of he, that song? I read that he's turned down a recording contract for $8 million. Yes. Why? I. He said he didn't want to be encumbered by the, the BS. The tour buses and this and that and the other thing. Uh, I don't know, John. It's a, a as a tune. It's average, but the words are obviously uh, resonating with people because obviously, the thing is going yeah. through the roof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, well. I, he's doing all right anyway, even without signing an eight million dollar contract. Yeah, uh, I just read a story about what he's probably made so far in downloads with his publishing. So now he's. Just, I root uh, for guys like that. Yeah, but what, where did he come from? Is he literally an overnight success, or has he been singing this for 15 years and finally somebody heard it? Well, I know that... Oh, go ahead, John. I'll let you speak. No, first. I was just going to say, he says uh, he's been singing you know, for himself for a while, but he had mental health issues, oh. and he writes, writes and sings to help get over depression and mental health issues, and that's basically why he does it. That's his main uh, impetus. Is for, he like our weather guy, music. that guy did the weather? Uh who am I thinking? Frankie McDonald. Uh, is he like a Frankie McDonald? He's a singer. No, be, well, not to rip Frankie, but you know, th- this is apples and oranges. I think. Yeah, I think he's just a normal guy. I mean, he's if you. I've seen a couple interviews with him where he's just, you know, like us. Is he a farmer? Uh, he was God. That I don't remember. Tell you the truth. I think he had a farmer, or he has a farm, or had a farm. But that now, tune in he, particular has he been attacked by the mysterious? He, uh, that's where I was going. That tune in particular is straight out of GL. Yeah, yeah, straight out of GL because he is being attacked because of the because of that song. What what is there to attack? Jory, to can... his credit, he basically is telling both sides to go beat yourselves. Thank you, Johnny. Yes, because that's what he's doing. He's to saying you're, you're all evil and corrupt. You're all the, you're all the same. It doesn't matter what what side you. Uh, uh, Jason Aldean, uh, he had the song called "Try That in a Small Town." Yeah, yeah that, right? that was different though. That was 
He was attacked. Well, but that was a whole different story. This this guy's not doing it to make a bunch of money. Jason Aldean, that record was out for two months. Went nowhere on the charts. So, yeah. gee, I wonder who turned that into a story. Hmm. I don't know. I, what? How did that happen? I'm, well, I'm, I'm not gonna, being... Yeah, I'm going to guess that Jason Aldean's people may have thrown that towards some folks who might post it online. Oh. And then it went to number one immediately. And then the next week it fell to number 21. Okay. And this is totally the North men, uh, rich men men north of of Richmond Mm -hmm. is just, as far as we know right now, is just totally organic. That just organic. Yeah. And a bunch of conservative pundits found it, started playing it. People loved it. Boom. Okay. I don't think, I don't think he had any ideas that he was going to become a uh, famous uh, music star who was going to make a bunch of money off any of his songs. Okay, so, and but he is under attack by the left? Yes. I, I don't know. I don't see that. Uh, is it on it's Twitter? Most of, most of it is online, yes. Yeah. What's to attack? Just... I, yes, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of it, and I follow a lot more lefties than you do on Twitter, you yeah. guys. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, the only, uh, obviously, the one verse would be about the welfare would be my guess that people might go after. Uh, other 300 pound people on welfare. Yeah, I can't well, imagine. Is true. that something you can't say in this day and age? It's true. <laughs> I'm just, you're asking me. I'm just telling you why. Someone, speaking of that, someone posted a video yesterday of downtown Philadelphia and says, Philadelphia has turned into zombie land and the number of people just strung out in the middle of the day. Yeah. wandering the streets. It's it's horrific. Yeah, it used to be a hell of a country. San Francisco is the same sure. way. Sure, and then that's, I think, what some of the caption was, is this is this might as well be taken in any other big city in this country. And in Portland, you don't even have to get a grade. You no. just, you know. Here you go, Joe. Oliver resides in Farmville, Virginia, with his three dogs and a plot of land. He plans on turning into a small farm to raise livestock uh, 90 acres. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what he does. Oliver. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he can resist the temptations of of stardom. Hmm. You know, sometimes you write a song, you don't know how well it's going to be received. And <laughs> really? this one was just, it went boom, you know, flash in the pan. Uh, are we on right now? We, we sure are. are. Yeah, we yeah, sure are. Are we, are we done with news? Like, should I close my Yeah, news you can, here? because I got a lot of stuff that's, here. We that's gotta... two days in a row. That, well, uh, you don't have to, then. Keep going. Has gotten cut. Keep going. Uh, I don't really care, Joel. You think it's warm? How hot is well, it? How hot is it? An emailer alerted me to a piece that appeared in the uh, uh, newspaper, uh, small town newspaper up around... Uh, Try that in a small town. North yeah. of here. And uh, <laughs> it's a story about uh, David Ammerman saw the warm weather reports this August. All he could do was laugh. Ammerman, who now lives in Stanford Township near the Anoka County border, remembers the stories his parents and older siblings told of the warm days on the family farm back in the 30s. Let me stop right there. My parents, for example, would have been, uh, what, mid-teens to late teens in the 30s? They never told any stories about the heat wave in the 30s. Hmm. The only story I heard was that White Bear Lake was so low that where I grew up fortunate enough to swim at the end of the dock... 
That was a horseshoe pit at oh, the wow. end, where the end okay. of the dock was. It was and so then, low. What did nature do? It rained. It, it repaired itself. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I heard lots of stories growing up, especially about uh, sand blowing in the house because it was so dry. Wow. And they, they would have to shovel by the door. They'd have to shovel sand out. Well, Ammerman's family farm was located on what is now Rainbow Avenue in Comfort Township, which is on the southern border of Kennebec Township, squeezed between Mora, Quamba, and Henriette. David was born in 1943 as the fifth of six children born to Clarence and Regina Ammerman. So David heard the stories about the heat wave that combined with the Depression to make life difficult on that farm. In 1934, there were four days with temperatures above 100 degrees. Big deal, according to state records. A three-day span from July 21 to 23 saw thermometers with highs of 105 degrees each day. Two years later... Two years later, there were eight days in July alone where temperatures soared above 100 degrees, including three straight days, July 6, 7, and 8, and five days, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Uh, the uh, local hysterians never tell you about the 30s. They, right. they want you to take cover now because it was going to be 95 today, and they tell you how dangerous it is. People in the 30s experienced it all, all for, for almost a decade. When uh, David said the heat, along with lack of rainfall, forced his father to go to a nearby swamp, collect swamp hay, and pitchfork it onto wagons to feed the cattle to keep them alive. When Dad said he had to haul the hay 10 miles from the swamp, I would wonder how he could do that and all of the work on the farm. They had milking cows. We didn't have electricity until 1958. Wow. That's as close as Connecticut County. And so they had to milk by hand. And we had to work with kerosene lanterns mm-hmm. in the house. Uh, David laughed when he remembered a mistake he made in his youth. I was foolish enough to let my sister teach me how to milk cows, he said. That was the end of that story. I had to grab a bucket and get at it. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. How did the family keep cool? I have no idea, as he said. Open windows. There were no fans, no air conditioning. They had to cook and heat with wood. David said the family got a gas stove, although his mom never warmed to it. One day during the summer, my mom told me to go downstairs and get some wood because she was baking bread, and she was not going to use that gas stove. She liked the wood stove, but the house was 80 degrees already. So when they went to the store to say, you need a stove, they said gas or wood, not gas or electric. I probably would have gotten that one correctly. (laughs) Right. During the Depression, David said his dad turned to a smelly yet profitable side business. He and his brother caught skunks. They would feed them rubbish from stores, mostly moldy lettuce and such, to keep them alive until the price was right and he'd get $3.50 for a skunk pelt. Hmm. That was a lot of money there. So uh, this guy laughs when people complain about the heat these days. It wasn't just my family who went through this. It was an entire generation. I would like to think that my family's faith in God gave them strength to get them and many others through those times. Well, we don't have that anymore. Right. So you're not going to have that. And uh, they built, they rebuilt the family farm in 1957. So apparently it's still out there. And uh, I I also have another note I'd like to clarify about uh, items that have come up this week. 
Mm. We talked about, we got a note from Joelle yesterday who said she and the old man were sailing up on uh, uh, Superior. Oh, yeah. Uh, got disabled. The boat deal. Called the Park Service, and the Park Service ref- refused to tow them. And we were somewhat astonished by that. Well, I got a note here from, uh, where is it? Here it is right here. Dan Schultz in Buckley, Washington, the state of Washington. Okay. So we're going out west. That's right. See? Your story on the August 22nd podcast about the folks on Lake Superior not being able to get the park rangers to tow their boat brought to mind something I learned a couple of years ago and thought you might find interesting. Because that's what we do on Garage Logic. Mm -hmm. Find interesting things. We find interesting things. Yes. I live south of Seattle. We belong to a boat club that has over 200 facilities all over the country where we can check out boats for a lovely day on the water. They have both freshwater and saltwater locations, so our training and certifications have to include rules that govern saltwater and ocean-going vessels and how to call the Coast Guard, etc. One of the rules they expressed to us in no uncertain terms was that we were allowed and actually obligated to help other people and boats in distress. But we were not allowed under any circumstances to tow another boat with one of our club boats. Let me stop you right there. Can anyone come up with the answer? I wouldn't have, but I know the answer now. Let's see. If Insurance you- Why would you not be allowed to tow another person's boat? Because you could wreck your Safety, uh, you're looking at maybe uh, insurance, you're looking at They liability. told us the reason for this is that it is a law of the sea that if you take a boat in tow, technically you would take possession and responsibility for that boat. In other words, you own it. Who made that stupid oh. rule? The laws of the sea. I found this interesting and could certainly understand why they didn't want us to do it. They said it isn't often enforced, but you can imagine the legal ramifications of someone who wanted to make an issue of a situation where you were trying to help them by towing them. And for some reason, something happened to it like it sunk or caught fire. Just food for thought. Can't wait to hear you at the fair. Dan in Buckley, Washington. Well, I'll be damned. Interesting. I'll be damned. I would just go start towing other boats and say, I own it. <laughs> Walk up to a Chris Graff. I own it. Towing I, it. I own it. I'm going to tell you. I'm tell you if I tow you, I own it. Yep, own it. Broat safety. Mine. Yep. I know. Mine mine the Plus, if well, you catch what, fire, the water's right there. Well, what that means <laughs> right, is if, <laughs> let me see if this is right technically. If you're out on Lake Minnetonka in a pontoon boat and you come upon a stranded uh, Sea Ray speedboat, 18 feet long, and they're flagging you down. They're they're distressed. They're out of gas. Their motor doesn't work. Yeah. And you tow them. And on the way to towing them into Wyzetta, let's say, uh, for some reason, the boats caught fire. Okay. You saved the people who were in the boat. They jumped in the water, climbed on your pontoon boat. But the Sea Ray, still tethered to the pontoon boat, burns to the water line. Could they get you for owning the boat? It's a great legal question. 
Well, and according to the laws of the sea, right. if it's Lake Minnetonka and you're near Big Island, then everyone would jump off and just urinate in the lake because oh, right. that's Yuck. typically what happens right, right there. I don't like that. That's sewage, <laughs> sewage Lake Minnetonka. That's just, that's just terrible. That's, just, uh, that's terrible. Now, Stacy, the GL geologist, does advise us Santiago del Estero, Argentina. I didn't recognize one of those cities. A 6.2 earthquake. Can you Ooh. go, please? Uh, yeah. Mother is rumbling. She says, see you tomorrow at the fair. And no, I will not be making demands like my colleague, Ingi. My God, Ingi has risen to the status of a colleague. Oh, well, I don't know if we're going to go that yeah. far. Well, that's what Stacy said. I saw, her in, uh, I saw Stacy in uh, Chanhassen. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was there. And now that uh, I know Chanhassen is a very manageable... <laughs> Drive from the sustainable urban core. Right. I'm going to be revisiting Chanhassen this weekend. You've had an awakening. Wow. For a car event. Yeah. Even though one of us made that commute daily. Well, that that's because you're a complete idiot. Is it at Autoplex? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He yeah. says, sh- as if nobody listening to the show has ever heard of that place before. Bruno. It's my guy, Bruno. You know a guy Top there? Yeah, that runs it. Hey, I, I have a, a question. G-L-er. I is, need a name. Is this okay? Is this still the news segment? Well, is John I, done? Oh, <laughs> you know what? Uh, let me use this uh, moment I have. Maybe when I I'm not doing any news, but I want to get one last Oliver Anthony uh, thing in. Is that yeah, right? Oliver Anthony, what? the rich man north of Richmond. Yeah, there's a wonderful website that I go to often. It's called Saving countrymusic.com all right they did a wonderful piece on oliver anthony uh from august 14th it's entitled oliver anthony don't work with john rich and other advice and it gives his whole background and tells everything that's going on will you send that to me johnny and i'll link that to the show page today. yeah it's it's a great story and, and if you have any interest in country music at all uh, real country music, not stuff on the radio. Uh, you might want to check out this website, Saving Country Music. Well, the song that Oliver did, would you call mm-hmm. that country music? Oh, I would definitely call that country music, yes. All right. Yeah. Old style? It's got soul. Oh, yeah. It's got yeah. soul. Definitely country music. But it does sound like a million other songs. It's well, It just has yeah. a different message. Yeah, well, I'm a lot of country songs, a lot of rock songs all sound the same. That's true, John. It's hard it's to come up with a new... That's why they all have different like, titles. Depends on how you perform them, Joe, that matters, and, and you get the content of uh, how you do it and that really? sort of thing. And you, know, you, can get, you can get a lot of bar bands that can go and play as well as a lot of bands recording records, but for some reason they can't get a record contract. Right. That's, you see, that's... <laughs> what if I... Uh, you want me to keep going? No. Kelsey sent me a picture of the Beatles playing at Metropolitan Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said, it sure looks like more than 4,000 people to me. Well, of course it was. It was f- damn near full. 25,000. Well, and in 1965, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the left field uh, bleachers have been built it, yet. It held 40,000. Oh, said. then they were built. And, and they, were and they drew, drew 25,000. And you could walk up and get a ticket for about three fifty, and you didn't go. I didn't, but I remember the night because I was in a car driving back uh, from Wisconsin, where I had been at a uh, sailing regatta, and I, I was ahoy, poloy. I was, I was the crew. <laughs> I was the crew for a, a fellow, and 
that night uh, I knew the Beatles were in town and there was something about it on the radio as we neared the Twin Cities. And I bet if I had been at home, I, I hope to God I would have been smart enough to go. Uh, right. Then again, it's me, so I could very well have been dumb enough not to go. Looking at your feet, standing at home, just staring at your right. shoes. All right, let's take a time out. But what if I wanted to maybe buy a new candle? Candles, are they back? Yes, they are. They are, baby. We are talking spiral light candles. And you know, they have some wonderful new scents this year. And you can catch them at the State Fair. Where are they? Their fair booth is right there at the grandstand, the main floor in the center of the grandstand at the base of the stairs. If you're hammered and you fall down the steps, you're going to be right inside their booth. You're in luck. You are in luck because <laughs> it will awaken you with a beautiful scented candle. Cylinder index candle? Yes. Limited supply and only at the Minnesota State Fair. You don't need a secret handshake. You don't need a secret word. You say, the rook sent me for a cylinder index candle, and they will produce it right there. Other new great scents, old-fashioned, like the drink, smells amazing. Rainforest, for those euphorians, is a huge seller. And once again, Mini Donut is only at the state fair. Spiral candles are fun. Stop burning boring candles. These candles burn in a circular motion, and it's fun. To, kids love them. If you have a, 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 a kid that's going to have a birthday or something like that, get them a candle. And as they watch it, it burns in a circular motion. The wax melts, and then it becomes a regular candle. They have reinvented candles at Spiral Light Candles. So come out tomorrow. See them at the Minnesota State Fair. Once again, the base of the stairs in the center of the grandstand, SpiralLightCandles.com. Hey, GLers. This is Pete Arnold from Hire a Pro. You know, the company that helps you be your own contractor so you can make the roofing company profits instead of the roofing company? I've got Chrissy here. So, Chrissy, why are you in my commercial? You helped me replace my roof. How did that go? It went great. You educated us on how everything worked, showed us behind the curtain, so to speak. And after our $25,000 roof was replaced, we walked away with almost $6,000 for the work we put in. And what work was that? Uh, well, we got the permit and we picked the color. Hire Pro handled everything else. You did a great job, and I'm not even being paid to say that. If anyone's listening and has a storm damage claim, call them. Don't hire a roofer. Hire a pro. That's awesome. I, I appreciate the kind words, and I, I think you just made up our new motto. All right, Joe, you're up. So if insurance has approved your roof replacement, give these guys a call at 651-402-3400 or visit them online at hireadotpro. That's hire, uh, and then put the dot there, pro. Uh, I, you uh, know what? Rolling. Put a couple of stories aside for the really? Fair, yeah. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Flashlight, check. Tool belt, check. Attitude, check. check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Joe, if I could mention one thing, uh, I didn't get to, to national or international news, but this just breaking. You remember the Wagner group in Russia? The yes. Guys that were helping Putin? Their leader has been killed in a plane crash. Really? I thought he was in Africa at the time. A plane crash that killed 10 people. Apparently, and he apparently was one of them. I'll be darned. And I, I forget his name, Prograzin or Prograzin. Yeah, well, Putin's yeah. guys got to the plane and took the engine apart or something. Yeah. 
And the and the space scientist Those, went this, to the hospital, not the director of the Russian space program. Correct, and he is ninety years old, so who knows? Well, he's man. done. But he's those done guys now. just have terrible luck. Yeah, they do. connected really to Russia. Oh, it's just terribly, and they're clumsy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're always high up. They're always way up there. <laughs> Only because here let's find. Huh? Yeah, here it is. Let's go. <laughs> Only because they come to us. All the way from, let's see where the traveling linemans are today. They are in... Falcon Heights. Nanortalic Greenland. I once Hmm. met a man from Nantalic. Greenland. Greenland. The traveling linemans. On this day... Joe, today is August 23rd. In 1852, Joseph R. Brown arrived at the site of Henderson, which he named for his mother's family. Brown had been involved in various ventures, serving as a soldier, explorer, farmer, lumberman, legislator, and Indian agent in the early years of the territory. On this day in 1862, 24 townspeople were killed at the Second Battle of New Ulm during the U.S.-Dakota War of 1862. Although the Dakota came close to victory, the barricaded defenders, led by Judge Charles E. Flandreau, managed to hold the town's center. Among the dead was Captain William Dodd, who had founded St. Peter in 1853 and laid out Dodd Road from St. Paul to Mankato. Got it. I didn't know it went all the way to Mankato. Ever been on Dodd Road? 110, baby. No, that's 110. Oh, 110 where Dodd Road crosses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a Carboni, sir? In this yes. day, on this day, August twenty third, in, in eighteen ninety nine, almost nineteen hundred, but it was on this day in eighteen ninety nine, interurban streetcar service between St. Paul and Stillwater began. The ride cost thirty cents and lasted an hour and fifteen minutes. Wow, Ooh. which it can last now in rush hour, or if you're going to take that Southwest light rail. That'll, That'll take you about uh, take you a, decade. a decade. An hour and 15 minutes, probably because it stopped along the way. See, would be my guess. They yeah. kept making the stops, so yeah. they kept ringing the bell. The Maplewood stopped. Right. And, uh, North St. Paul stopped. What's Whatever. that from? I wonder what, uh, when, sign, when uh, Kramer was driving the bus. Oh, yeah. And he was getting attacked. He kept making the stops, so they kept ringing the bell. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> Thank you. What? Oh, is that it? That was the that, last one? That's the last one. That man. was enough? Okay, good. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's John here, and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 
At factormeals.com slash garagelogic50, you get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Thank you. For what? What the hell are you? I don't even know. Uh, Here's the deal. You go to YouTube and you do yourself a favor and subscribe to Garage Logic. That's it. That's all you have to do. It's free to do that. Now, if you want a little extra, a little something for the effort, then you go to garagelogic.com, sign up for the town council. Ten bucks a month or a hundred bucks for a year, and you will be inside, if you know what I mean. Breaks, post-show, pre-show, etc. You'll see how we sign a whole bunch of new membership certificates. I love that. That's fantastic. That poor, people are uh, still... poorly. My handwriting is very poor. Well, that'll happen. It's one of the first things to go. I guess. Yeah, but uh, go to the fair. Yeah, tomorrow. Buy a 30th anniversary map. They're for sale. We got some really good garb this year as well that you can purchase. See you at the fair. Tomorrow. Joe's got to leave early. <laughs>